Well, we're back here again. What yeah. the feckin' hell? What the feck? It's feckin'. It's feckin'. Feck. Feckin' hell. <laughs> well, we're back here I again. Yeah, I should have gotten my Irish accent ready. It takes <laughs> me a while to prepare. I am so bad at one, so. What are you doing, Stephen? I'm feckin' here right now, feckin'. Yeah, feckin' recording a podcast, I'm are I'm feckin' drinking a beer at the pub and I'm recording with you. I wish we were drinking a beer at the pub. <laughs> I haven't had a coffee. Oh, I almost got you one. That would have been nice. That's <laughs> well, we're here at the recording a, another podcast for you. This movie kind of reflects our lives. You're like the Brendan Gleeson, and I'm like the Colin Farrell. I You've left me. <laughs> <laughs> you said I don't want to be friends anymore. That's not what I said. I said Is it because I'm stupid? <laughs> I'm dull. What does he say? He says... Dull. You're dull? Is that what he says? Yeah. You're dullard. You're dull. I thought there was another word. Um, dim? Dim. Yeah. It's a bit dim. It's a bit dim. You spent two hours talking about what's in your horse's... Shit. shit. Shite. <laughs> shite. <laughs> but yeah. it wasn't my horse's shite, it was my pony's shite. It shows how much you were listening. <laughs> Did you see this movie twice? Did you see no. it? You just saw it that one time. But it's a movie that soaked into my essence, yeah. my being. Let's talk about the filmmaker really quick. Yeah. I would love to. I know his name by heart, though. It's Mard McDonough. I'm a fan. Yeah. And I've seen, looking at his filmography again, which is great. Yeah, I've seen his last three movies, of which he's only made, I guess, yeah, those are his only three features before this. He started with In Bruges in 2008. Yeah. Which is probably still my favorite of his. And then he did Seven Psychopaths in 2012. Three Billboards, which was a big deal in 2017 and now he's got banshees the banshees of anishirin which is what we're doing today anishirin is it anishirin or is it anishirin whatever potato potato i've heard it both ways (laughs) potato potato i don't know why i'm getting italian that's that's an irish joke yeah um yeah right (laughs) but um, potato potato Mashed potatoes. It seems like Irish. <laughs> there's no Irish accent that isn't like a caricature. <laughs> Your potatoes. <laughs> it's because it's it, kind of Irish. It, it every time they talk, it sounds like a joke. I think that's why this movie's so entertaining. Actually, is because it's it's just watching people exist and speak in Irish accents is just <laughs> the most entertaining thing. Um. Anyway. <laughs> I don't want that to come off as like a callous, you no. know, or like as like a. Like a I, I have nothing but love and adoration for the Irish people. The Irish culture. <laughs> for potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I really do. We made a film about that here where uh, at the place where I used to work, where Gabe still works. There we go. Now everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have, we have nothing but love for the Irish Irish people. Yeah, it's great. Um, but but yeah, this is a spiritual successor to In Bruges, right, Gabe? Uh, yeah, I guess so. And just because it's Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson as the two leads, and back at it again. Yeah, <laughs> the movie is essentially their relationship again. Back at it again. <laughs> Different location though, and uh, <laughs> location. <Initial. laughs> I can't stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> And setting is always really important with Martin McDonough's films with his stories. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, we're in Ireland. We are in, in Bruges was in Bruges, right? Yeah. And yeah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember where Seven Psychopaths was. I think it was in somewhere around Hollywood because in yeah. that movie, Sam Rockwell's a screenwriter. 
Yeah, the, uh, uh, the setting plays just as much of a part in this film as the characters do. Yeah. You want to give a, a brief rundown of the what this... The, this film has probably one of the most... Uh, it milks the most from, from the one of the simplest plots I've ever heard. Yeah. The, the plot is a guy doesn't want to be friends with another guy anymore. Yeah. And just one day like walks away from being his friend stops doesn't want to talk to him anymore that's the whole plot and it's it's just fucking incredible mm-hmm. i loved this movie a lot <sighs> i really really liked it it's really great it's really great it's re- <laughs> it's really quite great um, there's so much to say about it <laughs> no but but yeah i never i don't think i've seen a movie do so much with such a little concept maybe ever you know, like it doesn't even get more complex than that. Well, and in a way, it maybe it does. There's a couple other characters that come in and there's a lot of subtext. Let's talk about the cast because the cast is freaking feckin' great. It's feckin' great. <laughs> so we've already mentioned Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Yeah, as the two friends. But we also have Carrie Condon as Shaban, Colin's sister. She's phenomenal. She, she was Mike's daughter in Breaking Bad. Or not Breaking Bad. Better Call Saul. Oh, daughter-in-law. Daughter, daughter-in-law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We also got Barry Keoghan. Yeah. As Dominic Kearney. Back at it again. Playing a very Barry Keoghan character. I've never seen a more Barry Keoghan character than this. I hope he breaks out of his... It's like he was <laughs> playing himself. <laughs> yeah. And this is not his first time working with Colin Farrell either. Well, it's worth noting these are all Irish uh, yeah. actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But it's not his first time playing with Colin Farrell. They they're in a couple movies together. Most recently, the Batman. That's right. They were in the Batman together, which yeah. is hilarious. Uh-huh. The movie I was thinking of was The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh yeah. Have you seen that? I haven't yet. No. Dude, Yorgos is on my list. So the the premise of Killing of a Sacred Deer is absolutely insane. Barry Keegan is like a psychopath young kid, befriends Colin Farrell, who has his like a wife and two kids. He's like a doctor. Uh, yeah, and but Barry Keegan just like meets them and be- they become friends, and because because Colin Farrell's so busy, he doesn't really have a lot of friends, so he's like befriended this younger kid, and he starts like bringing him into his house. He has dinner with his family, all this stuff. They build this relationship for like the first two thirds of the movie. The ending scene, Barry Keegan decides to spoilers, yeah, like like break into their house and and hold his family hostage. And the whole idea is that he offers Colin Farrell a choice. He has to kill one of his family's members. And the way that he does it is by holding a gun and spinning around the room. Otherwise, otherwise Barry Keegan will kill his whole family. So he has to, he has to kill, he has to pick one of his family to kill. That's why it's called killing of a sacred deer. So what oh. he does though, is he holds a gun and spins around and starts shooting like, because he does, he can't choose, so he's like at random. He closes his eyes and starts spinning around in the middle of his living room with a gun, shooting at his his son and his daughter and his wife. Jeez, it's fucking crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, it sounds like a Yorga script. Yeah, but anyway, this the, Barry Keegan in this is a lot like that, except for he's really got no malintent like that. He's he's just kind of a uh, um, yeah. He has a like a pure yeah, quality to him, yeah. <clears throat> even though he's kind of an asshole. 
he's not an asshole. He's just, I think he's like mentally handicapped. In oh. this, you know, a little bit. That perspective makes sense. Because <laughs> he is, he is abused. Yes, he's abused by his father. Yeah, I think he's got mental problems. Uh, anyway, that's the, that's kind of the the top of the cast. Top of the cast. Top of the cast to you. Uh, was there there was someone else? No, not really. There's a couple guys at the pub, and the cop the cop dead. I'm just half British now. But anyway, so uh, great cast, great director, great setting, great premise. Love this film. Yeah. How would you describe the genre of this film, Stephen? Is it a comedy? It's black comedy. Like, so black, though, that it's like a drama. It's mm-hmm. like a satirical drama. Our theater, we saw it, I think, first day, right? Or somewhere around there. It, it, when, it, got, when, it when it went to wide release, yeah. It was, it was like a riot. A lot of people were laughing. Right? Or am R- I thinking of it's a, a It's a riot. It's a riot? Uh, we were laughing in it's Triangle a, Sentence. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, this, this movie... It's it's got absurdist qualities, amidst how like intel- intelligently filmed it was. It the absurdist qualities are such that Brennan Gleeson doesn't want to be with Colin Farrell or doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell anymore because he considers him a dullard, a dull person, and Colin Farrell starts going through sort of a, a self assessment like, am I stupid? Am I dull? Am I just? And and, he- and there's actually this really interesting idea that I've actually thought about a lot in my life when it comes to dealing with people that I don't want to talk to. And the idea is, do we have time in our lives for less intelligent people? <laughs> I And I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but do we have time in our lives for less intelligent people who bring us down from accomplishing something potentially greater? Mm-hmm. So like, it's like the sacrifice of art or the sacrifice of being kind for art, if that makes sense. Yeah, accomplishing and something. So just being nice. Yeah, exactly. So, like for example, and this is like best seen like a, in a party setting. I'm just speaking generally here. You can meet people in a party, and, and often, sometimes you'll run into somebody who like is just an asshole because they don't think anyone's worth the time of day. And, and the whole kind of idea that they're toying with here is like, is it good enough as a, as a human, as a person in a society, just to be kind, even if what they have to say isn't all that interesting to maybe more critical thinking individuals. And I, I find that concept absolutely fascinating because it's something I've often thought about, especially when it comes in light of potentially uh when you throw the element of time in there and and how time we we just often don't have enough of it especially as we get older we and if any of us want to actually accomplish anything how much time can we spend wasting our time not talking about things that are advancing us forward as as people mm-hmm. both individually and collectively as like a human race but that idea is is within the elements of this movie, and there are surrealist elements that go as far as Brendan Gleeson. He tells he tells Colin Farrell. He says, "If you talk to me again, I will chop off a finger and hand it to you." <laughs> That's how serious I am, and no one knows if 
he's like joking or not. The bartenders take it seriously. And then he goes, if you talk to me again after that, I'll chop off the rest four of my fingers and hand them to you. He's like, and then I'll have no fingers. And his whole thing is he's a fiddler. And he, you know, he wants oh, to write it, music. And Is it a fiddle? Is that what that is? Yeah. I thought it was a violin. Uh, same thing. Oh. Those are synonymous. Gotcha. And uh, anyway, he ends up, spoilers, chopping off all five of his fingers, <laughs> throwing him at Colin Farrell. And I absolutely just loved it. I was like, this is amazing. And then Colin Farrell, interestingly, turns from being this kind-hearted, kind-natured individual to directing all of his energy toward getting revenge and essentially dueling him, dueling his former friend to the death. Because his friend just, he keeps saying, stay away from me, stay away from me, don't talk to me. And every time Colin, he just can't stop trying to make amends. Every time he goes to him, he, Brennan Gleason just chops off more fingers or does something drastic to get the point across. Yeah. And then, and then in the end, Colin tries to burn his house down and he doesn't like, yeah. Anyway, it's so good. I absolutely loved that, that narrative, that idea that they're toying with. Yeah. Both characters have an interesting journey with Colin. It's like becoming a darker version of himself. Yeah. But Brennan Gleason, it's funny because they, they talked to him a bit in the film about potentially him being depressed, like they're trying to diagnose him and why he's behaving this way. Oh, right. And he says essentially that, that he's not, but it, comes, it becomes more apparent as the film goes on that he is depressed, and yes. that's why he's behaving this way. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was a really interesting exploration of a yeah. person's reaction to... Totally. And kind of, it's because he's that, he's he's becoming older, you know, and he doesn't think he has that much more time to live, which is why he's adopted this new philosophy of I'm just going to focus all my time and efforts on leaving something behind, like having something tangible, right. some kind of legacy. And yeah, like you said, it's an interesting question to pose, you know, the, the, a way of living, of trying to, you know, best use a person's time Yeah, and how you just, I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer for that. I guess it just depends on the person. I think there's a point where you do become an asshole. <laughs> like Brendan could have gone about it in a better way. He apologized a couple times even to him. The weird thing is that Brendan Gleeson in this movie, he was contradicting himself throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Every time he would say, stay away from me, don't talk to me again. There were a couple instances where Brendan Gleeson went out of his way to help Colin Farrell and apologize to him or something. Yeah. And, and that led Colin Farrell to reach out to him again. Mixed messages. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it that was also interesting is like Brendan Gleeson for all of his intensity also seemed confused and had multiple changes of heart. And yeah, that was uh He's still he's still a good I mean, he cares about Colin. He just doesn't want to spend <laughs> time around Colin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's but see do you see how those are contradicting feelings or ideas well i don't necessarily believe they are contradicting <laughs> this is how you view your family well this is exactly how i live my life yeah. i care about people that i don't want to be around <laughs> right i feel like well this is what's so fascinating about the film is that colin and brendan they embody and they portray these incredibly relatable human characters because they are so full they're, of flaws and contradictions, relatable. Yeah, and I don't think that's a disservice. I like to the writing. I think that's. I think that's a great because people in real life are so 
complex. Yeah, they're like yeah. they'll do one thing and say another thing, sure. and they'll. Well, that's what makes for the best movies is when you have characters that say one thing and do another. You know. Yeah, conflict was the birth of story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, great film. I would highly recommend it to anybody looking for a good time or just like they they want to kind of watch just a, a interesting film like a black a black black comedy or just enjoyed the beauty of the irish coastline yeah and it's it's really good i would highly recommend it yeah. here's a song from the movie